This is the business of pleasure. I live life to enjoy it. And I don't really care what anybody has to say. I come from a family of strong women. And, you know, I mean, I just, that's what I know. Because we're scared to talk about it. That is so crazy to me. Because at the end of the day, everybody's doing it. People need to stop being so hush-hush about everything and so shy about everything because sex is not a bad thing. Welcome to the podcast, The Business of Pleasure, presented to you by Bedroom Candy. Bedroom Candy is a sexual health and wellness company and brainchild of Grammy-winning singer-songwriter and star of The Real Housewives of Atlanta, Miss Candy Burris. Our host and president of Bedroom Candy Boutique Parties, Nadine Thompson, takes an in-depth look at the people, products, and stories behind the nationwide home party company. New episodes are released Thursdays. Listen, learn, and enjoy. Welcome to this week's episode of The Business of Pleasure, brought to you by Bedroom Candy Boutique Parties. This week, we have with us Miss Martha Hopkins. Martha and her co-author, Randall Lockridge, formed Terrace Partners in 1996. They lived next door during college and got their start when they wrote, designed, published, and marketed Intercourses, an aphrodisiac cookbook. The book has sold more than 325,000 copies to date, as well as foreign rights to the UK, Australia, and Germany, with photography rights selling to all variety of countries throughout the world. I must say, the photography is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) The book has also received overwhelming national media since its release, including such outlets as Good Morning America, The Today Show, TV Food Network, New York Times, CNN, and then NPR's Splendid Tables, Splendid Table, and countless other, countless others. Of course, I'm really proud to be in that group with the Business of Pleasure podcast. Martha and Randall have since worked on a wide variety of illustrated books for authors and publishers with an emphasis on cookbooks, their first love. Randall lives in Corpus Christi with his wife, the Asparagus Girl, and their two children. Martha lives in Austin, Texas with her husband and his two dogs. Now, it's interesting you say his two dogs, Martha. Yeah, same with the husband. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I prefer cats, but, you know, he was such a catch, I was willing to to let it go, I guess. And oh, okay. I'm the stepmother of a grand, uh, great Pyrenees and a little mutt, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny, my husband bought me a dog. And whenever people come to the house and they say, oh, you know, who's did you know, tell us about your dog. He always says, it's Nadine's dog. <laughs> he never says it's our dog. He always says, and that's Nadine's right. dog. So it's it's very funny. And um, he didn't want cats, but my daughter brought in two cats. And he says they're Camilla's cats, but the cats literally live on Bob. They sleep on him. They follow him around. <laughs> He's annoyed by all of the pets in the house. And all of the pets are just drawn to his energy and they love him to death it's really funny they sit on him they lie on him they scratch his mustache they lick him to death and he just it gets so annoyed he feeds them he loves them but he begrudges them at the same time it's a very funny thing so i can totally relate (laughs) just tell him i'm real sorry about it (laughs) so martha i 
love love your cookbook and I love the photography my son was driving me up to the studio today and he said so what are you talking about on your podcast today and I said I'm interviewing this woman who wrote this really great cookbook it's all about you know it's erotic and it's beautiful he says yeah and so he's driving and I'm showing him these pictures and they're just really beautiful he goes wow it's very odd when you're talking to your 21 year old son about (laughs) stuff like this they kind of don't know what to say but I showed him the picture of the guy with the um, the figs around his neck, and I oh, yeah. showed him the one with the girl covered in sesame seeds. He liked that, and um, another one with a very sexy woman. With um, I just thought I need to have that picture taken uh, one day before I die with the yeah. glass of champagne or white I, wine yeah. between her toes. I'm like, okay, that is the ultimate picture, you know. I do have some advice for you when you recreate that because everyone should recreate it <laughs> and basically you know it's a woman lying on her back and her legs are crossed and the picture is coming up and you see she's got this flute of champagne between her toes well we tried that we had some very expensive beautiful crystal and we put that uh, toes cannot hold a crystal flute filled with champagne so if you do it yourself you're going to need to get either just a really cheap lightweight glass or even plastic because the the crystal is too heavy. Oh, wow. Okay. Or you got to Photoshop it in or something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or take it. What we did, we ended up like putting it in our toes and then like we would scoot back for just half a second and they would t- take the shot right then. And so we were all like right out of the shot, just right outside of it. It's so, so that's that really much. interesting. I Yeah, I think that I need to do that because, you know, at work they tease me a lot because I'm, I'm probably the oldest one in the office and probably the most maybe prudish. I don't know. Or they think I'm prudish. I don't know. But um, <laughs> but I think if I had a friend of mine take that picture and, you know, then texted it to the whole team, they would probably just die. They wouldn't know what to do. Oh, yeah. Huh? <laughs> Well, make sure you forward it to me if you do that. I would. I, you know, I, I just think, you know, this plus size black woman with, um, you know, a glass of champagne between her gold painted fin- uh, toes <laughs> would be just the sexiest thing ever. So I'm. That's ever. going to be. That's going to be on my bucket list. And when I do it, you're getting the first picture. Great. I'll just have to do some workout on the the legs there so they look really toned as they're crossed. (laughs) Yeah, it's good to put a little bit of like coconut oil on them or something as well because then they just look. Yeah, I have some great body. Moist. Yes, I have some great body butter I can use because I'm a master of, of body butter stuff. So. I'd love to, I mean, I, I just really love the book because I, I, I love the recipes in there. Um, the photography really pulls you in. But I'd just Welcome love to, to start with. Tell us some the story of the book. How did, it come in, of how did it come to be? Brought to you by Bedroom well, Candy, um, a sexual health Lena and wellness company. Lived next door to each Once other a week, we'll discuss the ins and outs of the sexual health industry, we entrepreneurship, course, relationships, and, and yeah. empowerment. And we Join really me, Nadine Thompson, president of Bedroom Candy I, Boutique Parties, on this journey degree. of self-discovery as we wash away age-old stigmas about so sexuality, self-love, and to learn about the lives of the people that make their living in the business of pleasure. Let's just do something. I was like, okay, what? He said, I don't know. Let's 
let's start a publishing company. I was like, what? Why not? You're 25. Like, you have nothing to lose. Like, you have no idea how afraid you should be, <laughs> how much you could lose. So we were just like, okay, sure. So we thought about a whole bunch of different ideas. And then we just thought, you know, food and sex. We love both of those. That seems like a great starting point for this. And so we had some friends over, and we were talking about what it could be called. And one of the friends said, how about intercourses? And we were like, wait a minute. No, I don't think we can do that. And we slept on it, and the next day we knew it could not be named anything but that. And, yeah, we went. We found models. We had no money. Mm -hmm. I was in Memphis, as I said. This is before digital cameras and email and such. And I would walk around the streets of Memphis with a Polaroid. And Randall and I had already decided what all the foods were going to be and what all the shots were going to be. For the listeners, you know, the the book is order, organized according to ingredients. So it might be asparagus or black beans or pine nuts or whatever. So we thought up all the images. And then I went out looking for the right you know, back or lips or neck or whatever it was that we were wanting to shoot. And I'd say, gosh, you really have a nice, you know, an, an attractive fill in the blank. Uh-huh. Would you be interested in being a model for our cookbook? And they would look at me kind of weird, but realize that I was being honest about it. I wasn't just creepy. I think if Randall had done it, you know, they would have been like, oh, my God. But I'm a girl. I can just kind of get away with it. And then they'd say, okay, sure. And I'm like, great. Can you, you know, come into the restroom and sort of take off some of your clothes so that I could send them to Randall? And anyway, they, for reasons I don't know, were willing to do that. And it was great. We did the whole shoot. They did it in exchange for some books because we didn't, we didn't have any money. And, and then it became a big hit and people just been buying it for Valentine's days and wedding gifts ever since. I know. It's just such a beautiful book. So that was, you know, um, I congratulate you for having, you know, the courage to move forward on that. That's really, how did you pick out the recipes? Well, the recipes we either developed or we collected some from friends, but I've always been a cook and <clears throat> I still work in cookbooks today. And okay. so most of them, it, it was easy because we knew, I, I had done research on what foods had been considered aphrodisiacs, historically speaking. Mm-hmm. And so I simply took those ingredients and thought, all right, what, what do I want to make? And I would just develop recipes from there. And then at the time, I wasn't much of a baker. And so I called on my baking friends and said, hey, what do I do here? What What should we do there? And we all just came together and figured out what worked. And then we had all the recipes home tested in addition to the testing that we did, of course. Mm -hmm. But we wanted to see how they worked on an aphrodisiac level. So we sent them out to couples from across the country, gave them this very elaborate testing form to find out, you know, how easy was it to make and how good did they taste? And of course, how well did they work on an aphrodisiac level? So we've got that in the book and there's all kinds of stories of people on their first date or, um, you know, people that got pregnant or people that got hooked up. I mean, <laughs> just whatever needed to happen did. Wow. Um, because that's the thing about aphrodisiacs. They just sort of, I don't know, they're just fun. They're playful. They're good about setting the mood. And so fun can come from that. 
Yeah. And and a lot of it, I'm sure, um, you know, you kind of like once you decide that's what you're going to do and you, you know, you know that you're setting the mood. I mean, the whole thing just kind of takes on a life of its own. I'm sure just the process of oh. cooking it and feeling romantic and preparing for whatever happens, I'm sure, is all part of that oh, yeah. mindset that you get into. Yeah, an aphrodisiac is not going to be super successful if you don't go into it thinking, all right, I'm doing this because I want to be with this person. I want to do this. This is going to be fun. There was a, the Orange County Register wanted to do a story on it. He said, now I'm going to be testing some of these recipes with my girlfriend. I said, go for it. And he said, well, are they going to work? I said, I don't know. You tell me. So he comes back and he said that, and they had this three-course meal planned, and they ate the appetizers, and nothing happened. He's like, oh, this, isn't, this isn't working. And then he went outside to deal with the little quail that he was grilling. And he said, midway through, the aphrodisiacs just kicked in. I don't know what happened after that, but by the time he got back to the quail, they were just little charred pieces <laughs> left on the grill. He considered it a raging success in spite of that. So I was like, good. Sounds good to me. So his... His brain finally let loose and, and let it kick in, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Well, yeah. that brings me that brings me kind of to our next question, whether do aphrodisiacs really exist? What do you think? Yeah. Well, so some of the foods actually have physiological, have a physiological effect on us. Like oysters are increased testosterone, which is really crucial for um, sexual performance and desire. Chocolate thins the blood. Um, you can have some dark chocolate every day. It kind of thins the blood the same way as taking a baby aspirin might. And you can imagine that in that case, the blood is able to flow more easily and fill the sex organs. And so that can help in that way. And then the other foods, they're just... If you look through through intercourses, it's just one fresh ingredient after another. It's whole foods, eating right. well. And that kind of gets me to thinking about what is an aphrodisiac in terms of what kind of food. So, like, I think of aphrodisiacs, they sound like an indulgent treat, and they can be. But if you go in there and you eat a ton of food, it's not going to be a good situation. One night, my husband and I went to this Italian place that we love and they have the best pizza they have the best pasta they have the best bread they have i don't know we just like carbo loaded Mm -hmm. and when you're done with a meal like that a heavy meal you just want to be wheeled out in a wheelbarrow exactly thought of sex like you can eat i'm all for indulging in a huge beautiful meal if you want to but just don't do it with the intention of it being an aphrodisiac dinner. Now, on the flip side, I don't, I don't let my husband in the kitchen. I love to cook, and it's my kitchen. I don't want him in there. A lot of people love to cook, and if you do, great. But he, the one thing he cooks for me are mussels, and uh-huh. I love mussels, and they are such an ideal aphrodisiac for multiple reasons. Um, first of all, they also help with testosterone i believe but secondly they're really easy to make they're super sexual looking and they're just filled with protein they're light and when you're through eating that let's say you have a big bowl of mussels that you're sharing together a glass of wine maybe a little bit of bread to dip in the sauce when you're done with that 
you are not full. You are satiated, and you've had this meal that you're eating with your hands. You you can't be talking on a cell phone or right. texting and eating a muscle. Like, it's not possible. Um, so you're focused on the food, and you're focused on the person that you're there with. You're having enough alcohol that it just sort of takes the edge off of the day, but you're not drunk. So it's all these things together that can really put your body in the right frame. Right. I frame get of it. mind and physical frame in order to be able to really have a good night with the person that you love. Right. You're not feeling sleepy and drowsy and heavy. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Because is there anything less? I mean, that's just not appealing <laughs> and it's not going to work. Like, right. don't do that on your aphrodisiac night. Right. One of the things that um, comes to mind as I listen to you is my favorite topic, which is intimacy. And right. when I hear you speak, even more so than reading the cookbook, as I listen to you, I, I think a lot of what I'm feeling coming through is intimacy. That the idea of preparing a meal for someone you're going to be intimate with and um, sharing that meal, eating, talking, you know, wine, figs, you know, mussels, um, salmon, all of those great things in the cookbook. I, I just imagine that the process of even thinking about creating that meal, the thought that would go into creating it, setting the date for it, what evening you're going to do it, shopping for it in your mind, preparing for the preparation of the meal, but also what you anticipate may happen afterwards. Um, and then actually cooking the meal and then sharing it with the person in the conversation. To me, that is like, you know, ideal intimacy and foreplay at its best. I mean, it just sounds like a wonderful thing to do. Yeah, you know, when I think about foreplay, it's definitely shifted in my mind the older I get. And it's really just about a way of communicating that someone else is worth your time. Because right. we are so busy you know, we've got all this stuff scheduled. Oh, we got to get to the gym. We got to do this. We got to carpool. We got to whatever. And we got to text. And we got to Netflix. And <laughs> when yeah. you can put that stuff away, literally put it away and focus, like it can feel uncomfortable. We have so many devices around us. When you can just turn that stuff off and turn yourself on to the person in front of you. And, you know, you talked a lot about conversation. I would encourage you, go just make a list of some interesting things that you could ask your partner, just atypical. Like, don't talk about the regular stuff that you talk about every single day. Try to find something new out about that person that you're with. Because even with you, even if you've been with them for 20 years, there's something that you don't know or something that you haven't thought about in a long time together or what is something you might want to do together? Where do you want to go next? Or, you know, just don't keep it in the day-to-day. -day. Make it a little bit something different that's so focused on them and on you together. Right. Now, I would say also, though, that aphrodisiacs don't have to fit into this mold of elaborate 
dinner that you've taken weeks to prepare for. It's beautiful when people can pull that off. But sometimes they just can't they can't manage it. It's overwhelming and then they get disappointed and whatever. So maybe it is just a cup of hot chocolate together. Maybe it's breakfast in bed um, or just breakfast. I mean, right. <laughs> fresh fruit. My husband makes, we both work from home and that allows us, um, it's a treat. He makes yogurt for me every morning, a pot of tea, yogurt and berries. And we sit there and that is our best time of the day because he's a morning person. He gets up a lot earlier than I do. He wakes me up later in the morning. We share this time and then we go on about our day and he goes to bed before I do. And so it just, you know, that's what we've carved out for ourselves. And there's different ways to make it work without putting the pressure on yourself to do something elaborate. Right. I get it. I get it. Absolutely. Berries and yogurt. I mean, and so you've really carved out that wee time in the morning. It gives him an opportunity to do something lovely for you um, that you can count on. And, um, you know, it, it's it sounds great. It sounds like a wonderful, a wonderful time. I lucked out. <laughs> you did. I, I wanted to say that next. It sounds like you did good. Sounds like you married well. I did. And I, I did think you, I made some wrong choices along the way, but oh, you know what? I'd rather have end up with the with the prize. Um, I think it was worth it. Then I've lost the prize. So you you yeah. ended up yeah. And it's interesting yeah. because I think we make a lot of mistakes, but um, as I you know, I think for me, I. I think all of those things were learning opportunities for me. I learned about myself in the midst of those mistakes. And so when the real gem came along, I was able to know the difference. Right. I didn't know the difference before yeah. I made those mistakes. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm like, yes, I agree. Yeah. I think, too, that, you know, there's a fundamental um, thing that's been helpful for us is just having a real sense of kindness toward the other person and doing things for each other. We could each do ourselves, but it's just so much nicer if he does it for me or I do it for him. And that's the thing about cooking. Like, we're all eating food every day, three, four times a day. So to take a step back and to reframe this daily, ordinary activity and just reframe it as something that you are doing for someone else or with something else, it just really communicates how much you care about them. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the fact that you use the word kindness. Like I know that in the morning, you know, if um, my husband, he also gets up before me most of the time. And I love to watch, you know, um, CBS this morning and I'll put it on and I'm kind of groggy. And some mornings he'll come upstairs with a mug he's bought for me with my favorite dark roast coffee. He knows exactly how I like it and, you know, a plate of fruit and stuff. And that always just feels like such a kind and loving thing to do. Um, right. And kindness as we get older, you know, intimacy, kindness, <clears throat> those really nice words are the things to me that have the most value. Being kind to other people is just such a 
I love being kind. I really like being a kind person. I always think yeah. about it when I'm good. Yeah, when I'm talking to somebody or I'm dealing with, you know, young people who are always in and out of my home. I have two 20 something year olds, a 21 year old and a 23 year old. And, you know, when when their friends are around, I think, you know, how can I be kind to this young person who seems to be struggling? You know, what can I right. do? And kindness is such a wonderful thing. And in a relationship where so many people have do's and don'ts, and if you want to be with me, you got to do this, they forget about just being kind to each other. Like, stop playing the chess game and just, like, yeah. be kind. You know, that's sexy. No, it's totally, totally sexy. And you know, that attention to detail for your partner. I remember this one boyfriend I had. I mean, there were so many red flags, but <laughs> we were on. So we do this weekend getaway. He had some kind of conference in Vegas or something. I go with him. I hate Vegas. But anyway, I we go to Vegas, and um, we had coffee together all the time. He was kind of a coffee nut, and so we would go just multiple times to a day to a coffee house. So I was in the room, and I just wanted to rest, and he said, oh, I'm going to go grab some coffee. And he goes to leave, and I said, well, um, I'd like some. So he didn't ask if I wanted any. And he's like, oh, okay, well, um, what do you want in it? And I just was like, I mean, I literally just looked at him. I just said, we've gone out for three months and had how many thousand cups of coffee together, and you can't even tell me how I like my coffee? And juxtaposed to your husband, of course, knowing exactly how you want it. Yeah. And so I just thought. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's about paying attention to the person, you know, like being interested in who they are and just paying attention. How does one like their coffee? Do they like chocolate? Do they like milk chocolate or do they like dark chocolate? You know, what are the kinds of things they love to order for dessert? You know, I mean, those are such... Well, it's the basis of intimacy. (laughs) Right. It is. Because it's not all about you. It's about the other person. Exactly. So I love it. I like it. it. So I think we kind of covered the next question we were going to approach, which is, unless you've got something else to add, which is, what makes something an aphrodisiac? Well, I did go over the physiological things, but then there's just the fun stuff about the food itself, like... Asparagus, that's a phallic symbol, albeit slender. And as I said, Randall ended up marrying the asparagus girl in the book. She's wearing a skirt made of asparagus, and you can make one of those as well. We strung it along fishing line. Um, You know, oysters and mussels, if you haven't looked at one of those recently, I encourage you to do so, at which point you will blush because you will be like, wow, I didn't realize that looked like that. Um, you know, artichokes, they play hard to get. They've got little prickly things on them, but they're flowers. Like, this beautiful flower. When you pull back the petals, you see greens and whites and yellows and purples. And so it's this sort of an innate sensuality to all these foods. The way that, <clears throat> you know, the way figs look when you cut them, the way the buttery texture of pine nuts, the way a sprig of rosemary is tactile and can be used for a tickly arm rub. When we were doing the photo shoot, we had these huge sprigs of rosemary. At some point, I looked around, and the whole team, literally, we were all, we were all like, rub, stroking our forearms, sprigs of rosemary, just spontaneous tickle rubs. And so it's these foods that really do tap into all the senses. And 
yeah, I think that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I just looked at the the asparagus girl. She's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> And she's brilliant. She's like, she's a surgeon. I mean, looks like that. Brilliant. He liked out too. Wow. She, she, she has it going on. So Martha, do you have to be a good cook to, um, enjoy the book? Like I'm thinking about our listeners who might be thinking, okay, great. I've got to get this book, but I'm a lousy cook. Will I be able to do this? You can totally do this. First of all, there's nothing more than it's the thought that counts when it comes to aphrodisiacs. You can put a plate of strawberries out and scoop a little Nutella into a bowl, and you've got a stellar start to your aphrodisiac evening. And then <clears throat> I have lots of recipes that are very simple. Some even start with, you could start with like the canned crescent rolls, mm-hmm. put some strawberry jam inside of them, roll them up, bake them. Those are great for either dessert or for breakfast in bed. Um, We have sausages with grape sauce where you can go to the store, get a great Italian sausage or something like that, and you just slice up some grapes and deglaze the pan with a little wine. The whole thing starts start to finish takes just a few minutes and hardly any ingredients. It doesn't require any cooking ability other than to make sure the sausage is actually cooked through. Right. <laughs> it's the only assignment. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we definitely, it, it's not about stressing stressing yourself out. And Valentine's, I'm not sure what day it falls this year. Maybe if it's a weekend, great. But it, most of the time it falls on a week, weekday. So you're trying to get something together while you're at work and whatnot. Look, Pick one thing to make and supplement it with some store-bought items. They have beautiful desserts or the, you know, a nice butter lettuce from the store with a simple vinaigrette. Like, you don't have to make it elaborate, and you can supplement with things where somebody else can either do it better or do it faster than you on a weeknight. That's right. totally fine. Yeah, Valentine's this day is actually right in the middle of the week. It's um on yeah. it's on next Wednesday. Yeah. Um and I was gonna ask you that question was gonna be my fine one of my final questions is what would you suggest as a menu for Valentine's Day? Well the first thing I suggest is to not go to a restaurant because mm-hmm. Valentine's and Mother's Day are the two days when and New Year's Eve. Anyone that's in the service industry knows they are just churning the stuff out. They just, they're going to put the chicken breast on the plate and hope you tip them well. Right. It's not good. So even if it's going to be the simplest dinner ever, do that at home. You can do like a honey glazed salmon that has three ingredients. Orange blossom panna cotta. Again, very few ingredients. It takes five minutes to put it together. Then you can put the panna cotta in a little champagne, not a flute, but a coupe, Mm -hmm. and let it set up in the refrigerator overnight, so that way you're not scrambling when you get home. A lot, you either want things that are quick and easy, or frankly, better yet, make ahead. And there's so many dishes that they can be made either the weekend before and frozen, or just saved, or done the night before, and when you get in, you can pop it in the oven and just warming up right then it's not a big deal so gosh there's so many things to choose from i personally i don't even have the recipe in here but but i would make muscles i love them um i would probably make sure there's some chocolate in there just Mm -hmm. because i love chocolate we have 
a sort of a flourless chocolate cake that's very, very rich and decadent. Again, go with the small quantity. You can eat the double serving on the next night. But on the aphrodisiac night, just have a small portion, a small portion of that, a small portion of the panna cotta. Um, The black Russian cake is super easy. It starts with a cake mix, and you're doctoring it up with coffee and chocolate and Kahlua, and it literally is better on day two or three. So you could totally make that in advance. Um, And you could even make it just a little, like a miniature butt pan if you have that. Um, I think that asparagus is always lovely. Yeah. You can do something sort of elaborate with it, but it's just as good. Quickly pan sauteed with a little salt and pepper and olive oil. That's it. So that takes five minutes. Anyone can do it. Um, Yeah. That sounds like a great meal. From <laughs> I know I'm, I'm overwhelmed with the choices. So how to narrow it down? I want to end. I mean, I love chocolate, and we can talk a lot about chocolate. But the other thing that I have come to really love as I'm getting older is honey. And I notice you have oh. a chapter in the book on honey, and I'm really getting into honey these days. I found a website, and I feel terrible now because I can't put in a blurb for them but it's a great company and they do all kinds of flavored honeys like chai honey and um you know be calm which is like it's got lavender and and stuff in it another one that's got dark chocolate in it and i think they just kind of mix it in and put it on the top so it seeps into the Mm. the flavoring of the honey but tell me about honey as an aphrodisiac well first of all it's an anti-lubricant so careful where you use it. Okay. But secondly, I love honey so much that at every cooking class that I do, I also do a honey tasting. And oh. before you graduate to the honeys that you talked about, which sound delicious, you can go to any grocery store and buy five honeys, and every one of them is going to taste completely different. You don't think they will, but they will. And I especially love some of the creamed honeys. Mm-hmm. And they've got sort of a crystalline texture, but when you put it on your tongue, it just melts. It's so delicious. Um, and I love your idea of trying some of these others, like the chai one, the lavender. That sounds fantastic. So you can either mix it in with some tea or put some on a little piece of toast or put it on, I talked about the honey honey glazed salmon. You could use it there. There's a lot of places where you could just switch out whatever sweetener with the honey. It's a distinctly different flavor, um, but it works quite well with a with a lot of recipes. Right, right. It's I love it. I'm you know I've all of a sudden gotten into it and I really like it. So I was pleased to see it um, um, in the book as an aphrodisiac. I didn't know that it that it was or that it could be yeah. used that way. Um, it's just really exciting. So Martha, how would you like to end or do you have any closing thoughts for our listeners? I would just say that I want everyone to have the happiest of Valentine Day, Valentine's <laughs> Days and do not stress out about this. And just remember what it was that you loved about the person in the first place and try to get back to there and take a minute to listen because we just don't, we don't listen enough. And when somebody takes that time, it's the biggest turnaround of all. I mean, it really is the biggest turnaround of all that I know of. Yeah, 
I I can't agree with you. I think either it's because we are maybe more mature women. I don't know. I don't know how old you are. I've never met you in person, but I'm the ripe old age of 46. Okay. So I've got I've got um 10 years on you. All right. But um but yeah, I mean 12 years. So I mean, I think that um, everything that we've talked about to me, you know, the aphrodisiac, you know, the cooking, the kindness, the taking the time, the preparation, the conversation, all of that to me is, you know, the blessing of intimacy. And I think your cookbook really does that. It really brings together beauty and intimacy and food, which is just one of the biggest pleasures. I mean, I think food and sex are the sexiest things. And then if you've got kindness and you've got listening and you've got empathy, you've got everything. And I think all of those things work together for a partnership. And I really love um, your advice to people to think about preparing a meal for Valentine's Day for their Valentine as opposed to going out for dinner because like I just think the the time that it would take to prepare the meal is such a loving wonderful kind thing to do that it can just be sexy and if you are turned on you don't have far to go you don't have to wait till you drive home from the restaurant you can just do it right there you can stop with the honey tasting (laughs) (laughs) you don't have to go the whole way we can do nine and a half weeks that's not a problem but you know hopefully maybe you'll stick around for main course and little dessert. <laughs> Do you have any more sexy cookbooks coming out? No, this took everything I had. <laughs> so I, I don't have any other sexy cookbooks coming out. But uh, I am always thinking of new ways to use these very same ingredients and in other things that I cook. So, And tell me before sure. we end about you said you teach cooking. Where do you do that? Oh, I do various, um, frequently at Valentine's season, I will go to a hotel and host an aphrodisiac dinner and um, host some cooking classes for their guests, or there's several here in Texas and Central Market, I teach a variety of cooking classes, usually, again, around the either Valentine's or kind of bridal season, because it's such a thing that people love to give for wedding gifts and stuff. Okay. Okay. So... Yeah. Okay. Where in Texas are you? Anywhere near Houston or Dallas or? I am in Austin. Okay. But I've taught in Houston and Dallas and Fort Worth and Austin and San Antonio, and I make the rounds every, you know, every now and again. It would be awesome to teach. Yeah, it would be awesome to pull together a group of bedroom candy consultants and maybe oh, that would be so fun. Yeah, it would be really great, and you know we could learn how to make like a very sexy appetizer that maybe they could serve at their bedroom candy parties. I think that would be really awesome. We should think about that, teaching them how to do something that you decide would be great when you have, you know, a group of, you know, five to 10 women together on a Wednesday night for a bedroom candy party or a Saturday night. What could you serve that would be sexy and that they could learn to do and then take home and, and recreate for their for their partners i think that would be so much fun we should really think perfect yeah Yeah, we'll have to love that and we even have a recipe in the book for some homemade massage oils where you could have just sort of a mix master of essential oils and 
put a few drops into a carrier oil. And yeah, I can... Yeah. You got my brain going here. That's yeah, let's do that. that we'll have to. Fun. We'll have to do that if we have some. Are you driving distance from any one of those larger cities? Oh, yeah, I am, and I mean, I get to Dallas probably four times a year. San okay. Antonio is just an hour and a half away. Houston's okay. a couple hours, so okay, not a problem. Yeah, we should do something in Dallas or Houston. It would be a lot of fun and bring some consultants together. We could really, I think that would be a really fun experience and a Me great too. way for them to promote the cookbook as well at their parties. Yeah, yeah. Well, Martha, thank you so much for agreeing to be on the Business of Pleasure with me today. This was really one of my favorite interviews. I so enjoyed talking with you. And um, Well, the pleasure was all mine. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. And I love the cookbook. Congratulations. Thank you. All right. Talk thank you. Later. Have a great week. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. The Business of Pleasure is brought to you by Bedroom Candy Boutique Parties. To shop with us, visit us at www.bedroomcandy.com. To join our team of consultants who own their own home-based businesses, join us online and enter the code BOP2017. That will get you a 10% discount on your starter kit. Join us today.